Welcome back, everyone. Good to talk to you again for episode 27 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out, as always, with Charles Villanueva, and we've got a pretty cool show for you today. Charles, what's up? Nothing much. I was at a metal show last night, and I was creaming my ass off, so my voice is pretty pretty rough tonight, <laughs> but let's do it. Just getting nuts, huh? So we have um, a pretty, there's not a ton of news this week. So we decided we'd just go ahead and break some. We felt, we felt like there wasn't enough uh, for us to talk about for a whole show. So we thought it would be a better idea for us to make our own news. And so I think we're going to lead off the show with a fairly cool scoop about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is currently filming down in Atlanta. I, I was able to connect with a fan, uh, and, and I'll give her name. Uh, on inter- she's from Instagram, and she's on Twitter. Um, I believe it was just beachy for Stacy. I'll have to go back and double check on that, but I'm pretty sure I got that right. And so just beachy for Stacy was on set Friday night and was able to share with us some set photos. And as it turns out, the set photos were pretty revealing about something that's going to be happening uh, during the season. So I don't know if I, Charles, you got anything to, to add to this before we, we make the big news of the, of the podcast? Set photos. Oh, the set photos look pretty. Look pretty exciting. Just seeing it come together with the with the football field and stuff, the logo and shit. So those set photos came out earlier in the week. Um, the the football field set photos, and we see like John Walker's logo, the the US agent logo. Um, yeah. And then this, this new scene, this new scoop that we have, it seems like it's happening maybe the day before or the day after that football field scene. So it's John Walker, and I got to be a little bit careful here not to give away any kind of huge spoilers. It's John Walker in a town, uh, walking through downtown, and he visits a flower shop. So he he walks into a flower shop, um, and we got we have set pictures, and all of this will be on uh, Murphy's Multiverse in the morning. I'm going to write it up tonight and share some of the pe- the pictures that are not super spoilery or not giving away too much. So John Walker walks through town. He goes into a flower shop, and what we got was some pictures of the front the store frontage. And of the van for the flower shop and for fans of uh, mark grunewald's captain america run in the mid 80s uh and so i'm i'm one of those i read that run and have a bunch of them sitting down here in my basement um and, and it, it was with the, the run where john walker was introduced you might recognize the name so the name on the van the flower shop van is, is hoskins family flowers and that's the name of the flower shop that john walker visits so for fans of the comics um it John Walker is going to Hoskins Family Flowers to visit his friend, Lamar Hoskins, who becomes his version of Bucky when he becomes U.S. agent. So fairly, fairly exciting, um, fairly exciting news there. And we're not sure um, we didn't see Hoskins in costume or or in anything. So we don't know if he's going to be Bucky, if he's going to be Battlestar, which is another name he took. And, And so there was also the idea, like during this time that one Walker was U.S. agent, there were there was more than one Bucky and it was basically a bunch of urban commandos that um, kind of went around with him. So there's another shot of the football field uh, that, that I have access to that no one else has seen. I don't think uh, may, or maybe a few people have seen it um, where it's so, but it's so far away and so blurry, but there are definitely a bunch of other people around the stage and it's really hard to make, so hard to make out. I can't be sure if they're commandos. I can't be sure if they're cheerleaders. Um, but it, that that scene where um, Walker is on that football field seems like it's really, really spoilery. So I, I don't know how much of that we're gonna we're gonna want to talk about or share um, without pissing Disney off. 
but it's definitely whenever I think that's probably going to be episode two. Um, I think <clears throat> whenever that happens, uh, that's we'll see. We'll kind of all look back on that and remember, oh, we saw those set photos. And I think some some pretty yeah. big action happens there. I'm not exactly sure what goes on, but some stuff goes on in that scene in that episode. That's going to be pretty big. I certainly wasn't expecting uh, or certainly imagining that with the with the government sponsored Captain America would come a government sponsored Bucky. I certainly didn't think of that. I think it's a pretty cool idea. It makes me wonder if if those you know quote unquote Bucky's urban commandos. It it makes me wonder if John Walker's posse is essentially like a newer version of the Howling Commandos. It's such a welcome surprise that I really like. What I find interesting about those football field set photos is that this whole scene, this whole episode is probably John Walker's homecoming to whatever college he went to, whatever town he grew up in. And it's such a it's such an American thing, you know, to unveil the next Captain America in his high school or whatever school that is. It's imagine a football game and I'm also imagining that John Walker used to be a quarterback, like a true blue American quarterback. And we're getting that here, and I'm super curious on, on who the other possibly other Buckies are, if if there are in, if, if there are in the show. Yeah, I'm excited to see Lamar Hoskins come to life. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely going to be a homecoming kind of thing for for uh, Walker's U.S. agent. Um, the the town that he visits is uh, more. It's more than just a flower shop. You can I have all kinds of set photos of downtown of this town that they've been working on for quite a while now to, to turn it into um, whatever town it is. And I, and I don't know that, but there, there are multiple shops that have had their storefront injury work to make it fit this, this scene and this episode, I think. So, yeah, I think a hundred percent you're right there. And I, I guess to me, I'm just so impressed at the uh, depth that the, the studio is going to here. Um, you know, I broke the story earlier this week that an actress had been cast um, at a pair of that's how you say her name. Um, really looks like she's probably Sam's sister. Uh, there, there are some, man, there are some set photos that leaked from there that have some really important information on them that people are missing out from a couple days ago. That the, all the set photos that have Sam and uh, his, what I believe to be his sister. Now, after some further digging around, uh, I think that's pretty spoilery. I think I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one to spoil it, but people should look at them and check out the, the maybe some of the background stuff. It'll give you some clues as to what's going on there and where they are. Um, so, you know, his sister's in it. It looked like they cast an older lady as his mother. So you're getting a bunch of backstory with Sam. Um, that they, they had that tease in the beginning of Duck, of Bucky's dog tags. So it looks like you might be getting some of Bucky's family who, um, who would obviously have to be, if it's his, you know, sister or whatever, would have to be super old. And now we're getting uh-huh. some pulling some characters like Lamar Hoskins um, out, out of the woodwork here. And so this is, this is great. And this is exactly what I would have hoped for with these, with these shows that, that uh, our Marvel studios is putting out on Disney plus that they give us a deep dive into these characters. And, you know, I mean, Sam has been, he's had his own comic book series and he was such a huge part of Captain America series for so long. He has, his own set of supporting characters, right? And, and now we're going to get to see right. these people. And John Walker has his own set of supporting characters, and we're going to get to see these people. So this is awesome. See, I kind of missed all, all those things about the Bucky and his tags and, and all, all the tiny little details he pointed out. I, I, I miss them. I'm, I'm also amazed at the fact that we have a superhero who has living relatives. Because, you know, yeah. when you're in America, 
he's an only child. Everyone seems like to be an only child. We don't know if Clint Barton has a brother out there. So it's kind of cool that Sam Wilson has a living relative out there. Um, I'm curious what their what their dynamic is like. Like, does she know any of the stuff Sam has been up to? I'm curious how Sam broke the news to her that he's gonna be the next actual Captain America. Like, he actually got Steve Rogers' shield. There's yeah. so many lots of cool. I'm imagining quiet, sweet moments that I'm I'm expecting. And the show to happen. Like I want to see John Walker revisit school. I want to see what what what's it like to be you know what's it like to be the next Captain America sponsored by the government. I'm curious to see if Bucky still has anyone out there. I mean, yeah, they probably have to be super old unless he, he's visiting like a niece who's actually older than him, who looks older than him. It'll be yeah. super crazy to see. We, we also gotta talk about that that thing you posted, that interesting character you spotted. Hanging out on the football field. That was fun. I, and it, again, that story, I, that piece I wrote, that feature, is always just crazy speculation. That's something we came up with way back at MCU Exchange um, called yeah. Connecting Imaginary Dots. And so those are always just supposed to be fun and speculative. And sometimes I, I actually hit the nail on the head, and sometimes I miss like huge swings and misses, like I did with um, the Spider Man and the Savage Land. That, that was so, but I was having so much fun writing that one that I had to keep going. So, uh, yeah, the, the football field picks that came out the other night had a, a, someone front and center uh, near the stage, and she had a really crazy purplish, pinkish purple mohawk going on um, and, yeah. you know, had a big heavy coat over top of her. And I, I noticed it right away, and I totally ignored it. And then later on, I went back and looked at it again. And the thing that, that drew my attention was that it appears that she's hooked up to a stunt harness to a, to like an aerial rig. So, yeah. you know, cause at first I was like, Oh, that's just somebody on the crew that, you know, that brought somebody their coffee or it's the director or it's an associate producer. I have no idea. Um, could be, could be a million things, but then I looked closer and it really did seem like she's hooked up to that rig. So I started thinking that, well, if she's hooked up to a stunt rig that's flying, then she must have like the ability to fly or she's f- dropping in on this thing. And so, you know, it could be anything. They could CG a parachute onto her later if they want. But so that's just got my head spinning. And I started thinking like, okay, Zemo's in this. By the way, Daniel Brühl is now in Atlanta and getting ready to film. So we'll f- probably, given how, how easy it's been for set photos to leak out, we'll probably see pictures of Zemo here pretty soon. I would say this week coming up, we'll probably get some. Um, so yeah, my, my head got nuts. I jumped straight to the, like, obviously that lady with the purple mohawk. Um, is going to be Songbird because Songbird can fly and she's one of Zemo's uh, crew and that must be her. So, yeah, I mean, it probably isn't. It's um, like the whole thing with these pieces is it's way more likely that it's anybody else than it is Songbird, but it could be. Uh, (laughs) So I think some people have said they think it's Diamondback, like Rachel Layton Diamondback, um, who was someone who showed up in a lot of Captain America stories and had like a, a... a love-hate relationship with Steve for a while. So, sure, could be yeah. her, could be could be Songbird, could be anybody. Whoever it is, it's 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 you know it, it's another notch in our in our dreams of seeing the uh, like a version of the Thunderbolts happening on the MCU really soon. I, I I can't imagine how introducing another super-powered character like Songbird works in a story like like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I I, I can't imagine how they're gonna sneak her in, in into that. With that said, you make a pretty compelling argument that 
there's a reason why this this cast member with the pink Mohawk is in a harness. Whether she appears next to John Walker during that you know big homecoming event, whether she crashes it, maybe maybe when we see her, she's with Zemo. Maybe Zemo already has a crew. We don't really know. We don't even know where Zemo is at the start of his story. So it's up in the air. But yeah, it's, it was a pretty fun. You had a pretty pretty exciting guest there, and I wish it were true. Yeah, we'll see. And I think. You know, one of the things that, one of the questions that's got to be answered in the series, and people saw those pictures of Wyatt Russell, and he does not look like he's very bulked up. Uh, he's pretty small looking, pretty small looking in those pictures. Maybe it's just because he's missing the beard. I don't know. But one of the questions that has to be answered is you're not just going to send, the government's not just going to send some regular scrawny, wiry dude out there to be Captain America. And so I think at some point we have to address where, he's going to get his, whatever his set of superpowers. Yes. And, and are they going to also give them to Lamar Hoskins and how are other people going to get this? And so we know that the super soldier serum that, that Dr. Erskine used is gone. And, and, you know, they, they did quite a bit of work on that in the incredible Hulk to show how they tried to recreate it. Um, so in the comics, all those guys, um, were associated with the power broker. Right. And so you do you remember, I, I thought, I was for sure that the power broker was going to be in that third season of Jessica Jones. Um, yeah, it, it was the it was the power broker and Dr. Carl Malice, who was in Jessica Jones, um, were the guys that were responsible for juicing up John Walker and Lamar Hoskins and and those guys. So I'm curious, you know, how it, where that's going to come from. I mean, it could they could cut that corner out altogether, you know, and just say the government's got this new serum, right? I mean, it's not there's not there's no reason they need to bring the power yeah. broker in, but I, that there is some idea here that these people are going to have to get some powers, and so that could lead to other people like Melissa Gold or whoever else, you know, becoming juiced too. Because you think Zemo might have his own design on things. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that picture of Wyatt Russell, like I thought, like he he looked like a fucking meth head. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Super gaunt, super skinny. His cheeks look a bit sunken in, and it's, it makes you wonder, like, oh, I guess this is the new Captain America. But yeah, I, it brings up the interesting possibility of him getting juiced by the government. Like, if you, if, if some of you don't read the comics, there's this guy called Nuke, who's essentially sort of a crazy soldier who has to take pills on the regular, on the dot. I was just thinking about this this morning. If are they gonna do a bit of a sort of a, an, an amalgamation of Nuke and John Walker? Is John Walker gonna need to have to inject a serum which makes him super buff? Every Every 24 hours, is he gonna go crazy? Is he gonna, is he essentially gonna be like a like a version of Nuke where he, he goes apeshit and destroys a, a city block? Um, where Simon Bucky have to stop him? It's yeah, I'm leaning towards the, the possibility that we're not gonna get a power broker esque character. I think it's gonna be a an a, a government scientist with no face that managed manages to create a serum of his own that Zemo's probably going to exploit halfway through. Yeah, that seems that seems pretty pretty realistic, right? That yeah. that the government is going to say, "Hey, hey, we've got this new version, whatever it is." I, I had not ever thought about the the angle you took there with Nuke, which would be which would be cool because we did get a some version of Nuke on the Netflix shows and I don't think that I don't know, I don't think that that's a thing. So I I I would it wouldn't be like They'd be retreading old ground. A lot of people haven't even seen those shows. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what route they go. And I think it's important to remember, too, um, that 
in this series, at least, the U.S. agent's not the villain. Like, he's not the bad guy. He's going to be at odds with Sam and Bucky because of the situation he's put in by the government. And he's definitely not Steve Rogers. He has his own agenda and his own um, very different set of ideas and morals. But he's not the bad guy, right? Like, he's, <clears throat> that's that's Zemo. He's in here to be uh, a, a contrast or a foil to whatever's going on with Sam as he as he works on his side of Captain America's legacy. And so this is the government um, kind of reclaiming what Steve Rogers pretty much stripped away from, right? They, I mean, they wanted, you remember back in Captain America, he thought he was a dancing um, circus monkey, right? That, that's how, kind of how he looked at himself. Yeah. And then he decided to go his own route and, and basically took all that away from the government. And now this is the government trying to take that back. So, yeah, Walker's yeah. not the bad guy here. He's a little nuts, but he's not the bad guy. Uh, th- that picture really threw me off. I'm, I'm wondering if, if whether if they're going to buff up Wyatt Russell halfway through the show. Are they going to do like a, uh, like what they did to Stu Chris Evans in the first cap? They got a skinny actor to play the skinny version. Are they going to get a buff actor to play the buff version of, of uh, Wyatt Russell? Yeah, I don't yeah, think he's going to fill out that outfit right now. <laughs> yeah, no way in hell he's going he's gonna to look buff in the next two months. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be nothing. So Unless he roids it up. Yeah, I, I don't. I agree. I don't know how they're gonna make that happen. So, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Like they they've been filming for quite some time, and they've made it through um, one episode. So these episodes are taking about three weeks to film at a time. So I think I think they're filming episode two now. So you bring up a good point. Like, yeah, they'll have a holiday break coming up for Christmas. I don't think Wyatt Russell can come back from Christmas. Um, I don't know any program, even if you were using using steroids, that could get you jacked in three weeks. Um, so, so yeah, they're gonna have to come up with something um, because they'll they'll be about by the time Christmas gets here, they'll be about four episodes in, I would think. Are they filming chronologically, or are they doing? I th- I think they're filming most things chronologically, um, you know, episode by episode, and and going through the episode in order of how it happens. But like, I think this thing the other night. Uh, with the flower shop with Lamar Hoskins. I think that that was a continuation of something that was shot a day or two before. And they obviously want it shot at night. So they're shooting at night. So they ran out of time. And I think that they came back and, um, and finished up a scene. So I think, I think for the most part, it's being shot chronologically, but then they're, there's, I think and it works that way in movies too. Obviously they, they can't always get everything done the way that they want it to. And sometimes they have to come back and, and do extra, extra shots and reshoots and stuff like that. But yeah, I think they're doing it chronologically. What else is there for Disney Plus news? Well, since I, it happened after we recorded last week, I think um, they cast uh, an, an actress in Loki who's being rumored to play female Loki. I kind of hate that we, we missed that detail last week. I think everyone missed that super tiny detail. I think it was, it was Deadline who Loki reported the Loki scoop. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy that we may get if this is true, we may get a female version of Loki. I've seen comments say, like, wondering, like, what? In, in some alternate reality, Luke, Luffy's had a daughter instead of a son. It, it doesn't work like that. Loki reincarnates himself um, every now and then. So the version we're going to see is probably one of Loki's fucking... It's him messing around. Messing around, getting what he wants, and he's doing it in a female form. And I'm curious how, how they're going to share because she was billed as the co-star of the show. Yeah. Like, is female Loki and Tom Hiddleston going to go on a 
time travel rampage? Are they gonna like just wreak havoc, or is she just gonna appear sort of for like maybe two episodes? I'm not really sure. Um, what's your take on it? I <clears throat> I have no idea if that's accurate or not. Um, I, I I think a lot of times the this is something we can talk about a little bit later, but a lot of times the trades um, jump to conclusions on things and sometimes misreport things. Um, like Jude Law was reported in the trades to be Marvel multiple times, right? Yeah. And so we know we know that that's not true all the time. Um, I hope it's true though, because I, I'm I've been on this yeah. forever. Um, last year, I heard a rumor that there was going to be a young Loki, and that parts of the series would have Loki narrating um that would have tom hiddleston narrating and there'd be a young loki and i was so excited because <clears throat> i love tom hiddleston and i love loki but if we can I, do, I just don't know that i want more of the same thing right this is why that series was so far down my list of things i was excited about and one of the things that i said is like if i'm getting more loki give me kid loki give me female loki give me something other than just more of Tom Hiddleston being the same dude. So if this is the case, then I'm going to be really excited because that's right off my wish list. We're, we're on the same page with that. Like, I'm with you. I don't want to see another sort of repetitive version of Tom Hiddleston doing shit that he used to do. Like, they pretty much wrapped up his story. And I mentioned this in a previous podcast. If we were getting Loki back, I'd rather see him in a different reincarnation. And this one is definitely an interesting step in what we want. Like you said, we don't know if it's true, but if she's not playing Loki, if Sofia DiMartino is not playing Loki, who else could she be? Like, are we expecting to see Lorelai or or the Enchantress, which we which we haven't seen? We haven't seen Amore yet. I think at, once if it's not female Loki, then it's a yeah. co-star. You won't you, you well you do have a lot of characters. I think the ones who you could really pair up and, and have them like lead co-lead a show with Loki kind of narrows it down. And I think Amora would be the Enchantress would be the number one. Um I, I remember forever ago there was a, a a horrible leak from 4chan that had everybody all fired up and said that um Carnilla, the Norn Queen, was gonna be in it. She'd be another one that would be awesome as a as okay. another as a co-lead. So you know, yeah. and obviously there it's a you know if you go back through Thor, there are literally hundreds of characters who she could be. But again, like as far as someone who could um, you know headline a show with Loki, it would have to be someone pretty powerful. It would have to be someone um, probably you know with some sort of magic ability or powers. And so I think you're if it's not a female Loki, your two best choices are Amora and Carnilla. But I mean, it could be anybody. Honestly, we have we have no idea. It could be some lady on Earth that he runs into when he travels through time. I have no idea. Shit, I hope it's not like that because how boring would it be that Loki's Loki takes on someone, takes on a mortal on a time travel trip? Like, who cares about what the fucking what the Earthling thinks? No, I I, I wouldn't be. I, I would stop watching the show at that point. I think. Speaking of shows though that we stopped watching, some really <laughs> tragic happened. <laughs> Last week to Marvel TV. It seems like the entire department is dead. I think Hellstrom's soon to be on its way to be canceled because the Runaways was announced. It's it's done. There's no more Runaways. One last season left next month, and then it's it's dead forever. Yeah, another another one of Jeff Loeb's shows put out of its misery. Um, by since Feige has taken over as the one above all. So yeah, it's 
I, I don't know. And I guess they did say, I did read an article that said that it has a conclusion. Like, so this, this season, <clears throat> which has 10 episodes in it, I think I read comes to an actual conclusion just in that maybe they knew ahead of time it was going to be canceled or they did it just in case. But yeah, so no more of the, uh, of the tragic teenage runaways show, which to me is, was a, just a huge wasted opportunity because it had such awesome source material and, and such a nice following. And they just, and I know people enjoy it just like the, everyone, everyone likes some, you know, everything that's out there, somebody likes it, but it just was not definitely not for me. And I never, and I never got into it, never enjoyed it. Um, and I think they really missed the boat in having it on Marvel TV and being so separate from the rest of the universe. I think that really ended up hurting it. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this before. Kevin Feige commissioned someone to write a runaway script not too long ago. I can't help but imagine how that would have turned out. I imagine if there were never was a runaways Marvel TV show, that that would easily be one of the first Disney Plus announcements. Like, for sure. He would have announced that if Kevin Feige had his hand on it in the first place. Um, with, with this being canceled, I'm pretty sure Hellstrom is is uh, it, it's as good as dead at this junction. Like I, I heard, I heard that they're only filming the pilot and not the entire season. I heard the whole season wasn't green greenlit. Is that true? I, you know, I, it's funny because that's exactly what I was thinking when you were um, in, in introing the idea of Runaways being canceled <clears throat> and you talked about Hel- Hellstrom. And I thought to myself, I wonder, because they just, I, mean, I know they started filming in Vancouver, but I wonder how far along they got in filming before they hit a skid and, and knew they were canceled. So maybe they did just film the pilot. I mean, that's what happened with the Game of Thrones, the new Game of Thrones series recently, right? The Game of Thrones prequel, yeah. they filmed the pilot and then they shit canned the whole thing. So yeah, I, that's interesting. I, I I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure we can dig around and find out. Yeah, it's knowing that knowing that Hellstrom is likely dead means I'm not gonna watch it. Assuming oh, it yeah. goes yeah. to a they do a full season order, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna invest my time into it anymore. No, I and I, I didn't like even just what I read about it from the get go that they they changed. I don't know if they were ever going to call her Satana or what they were doing, but they had just really seemed to be angling away from the parts of that story. That would be interesting to me. So if anyone ever, uh, if you're not sure with what Hellstrom is, um, if you think about the hell, the Constantine show that was on Hellblazer, Hell, John Constantine, the Hellblazer, um, that's sort of like who uh, Damon Hellstrom was. He was a, <clears throat> he, he was a part demon though. Um, but he did a lot of like, supernatural investigation um mm. and, and he was he's a pretty cool character um he's been showing up lately in, in, in um jason aaron's avengers run and so it, it, there's potential for him to to do some cool stuff but in order for him to be able to do the cool stuff he has to do he's the son of satan he's <laughs> he's a demon so he's got to be able to have that angle to him and i it, it almost sounded like they wanted to really reduce that connection to Satan so they could get it out on TV and make it watchable. And I just don't know why even why you'd even make that choose to make that character. If you weren't going to focus on the, the background of him and his sister. So yeah, no more, no more runaways, no more cloak and dagger. The ghost rider series got killed before it got going. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it seems like the days of, of uh, like, like Feige's just erasing 
any scent of Jeff Loeb from Marvel Entertainment, Marvel TV. What, what, what are the odds that the last standing Marvel TV show would be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? The show that, that people didn't really care for, especially when the Netflix shows came out. I remember there was such, a, there was such an excitement for the Marvel Netflix shows that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was sort of pushed aside as the, as the sort of quote-unquote lame network show. And now it's the last one standing. Yeah, it's still there. And, man, think about all the other shows that were supposed to be made and never got made. Um, there, were, there were Marvel's Most Wanted, which, God, what a horrible idea that was. Um, the all-female show that was rumored forever. John Ridley's show, which I, I was told, I don't know if I've ever shared this outright in public, but I was told that John Ridley show that he was developing was actually Eternals. And it got the reason that it never happened was because Feige took it back um, they did some trading around and took it back. Uh, and I think Moon Knight was part of the the trades there, too, from what I was told. I don't know if that's... Uh, there's no way to know if that's true. I, I But it doesn't honestly matter one way or the other because the show didn't get made. But um, yeah, think about all those shows and all the damage control and this, nothing ever came of them. Good God. Can you imagine an eternal show on ABC? Uh, yeah, I, I honestly feel like Feige was like, hey, why don't you guys have the Inhumans? We'll take the Eternals. Go ahead. Well, you know, maybe one day Feige will write a book where he tells us all about it. But that, that's how I like to imagine it in my head because, man, they, they just botched. You know, the Inhumans is on Disney Plus, And I would be interested if, like, to find Disney Plus's stats to see if anybody has turned it on. Like, if, has anybody watched a single episode of Inhumans on Disney Plus? Well, you should give it a, you should be the, the inaugural. First person to watch it in humans <laughs> on Disney Plus. Disney Plus for two weeks and nobody's watched it. Should give it a shot. But yeah, I, I guess that's it for for all the Marvel stuff that that came out or worth talking about this week. The other side of the pond, fucking DC. There was a crazy mix up going on regarding the Joker sequel, quote unquote sequel, whether we're getting it or not. Two trades battling out. One calling the other a liar, and yeah, that was that was super interesting to me as a person who's um, done. And like I, I, I tweeted this out. Don't get me wrong, the trades land story after story after story, and and they have an agreement with with studios, and they work with agents and all that stuff. So it's most of the time they're right. But that was a huge story. It came out, and people like within minutes, people were just a buzz on Twitter that there was going to be a, a Joaquin returning to the role, Todd Phillips directing the sequel. And then for that to come out like later in the day that that's not true, that's crazy. Because if I, and I, if I wrote something like that big, if I had been the person to write uh, Todd Phillips is directing the sequel to the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix returning to the role, and then later on in the day a trade came out and squashed that, I'd never be able to, to, have, to run a story again. Right. Then the, yeah. no one would ever believe anything I ever said. Um, but that <laughs> the trades just, yeah, here we go. Here's this, here's the stuff we heard. Boom. Oh, not true. And, and it does happen. Like we talked about this, you know, like Jude Law is Marvell. Um, this whole thing with this lady, is she actually playing Lady Loki? They were all over, right? Do you remember when Angelina Jolie was cast in Eternals? Oh, she's playing Cersei. They were, all the trades were running that stuff. It's crazy how much leeway they get. And again, I understand that they have a ton of clout and they run a lot of um, scoops and they get a lot of exclusives. But man, that was a that was a huge swing and a miss. 
and the, the battle between the trades. I honestly, we talked about this before the show. I have no idea what's, what's true or not. I don't know if there's going to be a sequel, if there's not going to be a sequel. There was the other part of that, that he demanded access to like other villains to do their origin stories. I have no, I have no idea what's going on. Would you be down in the first place to see uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker sequel? I still haven't seen the first one. Well, are you serious? Yeah, I, st- I never, we've been so busy, I never made it into theaters to see it. Oh, well, we, we read the script, so the script is sort yeah. of like, I think it's 90% close to the one we saw, to the one that was on, on, on the screen with a slight difference with the, with the Zazie Beats parts. But for the most part, I really don't want to see a Joker sequel with Joaquin Phoenix. I don't think, especially his particular take, I'm not, I'm not excited to see what's next for him. Um, he's not necessarily the Joker I want to see. Mm-hmm. Go toe-to-toe with, with Bruce Wayne. I want to see Joaquin Phoenix as Joker fight Batman, but particularly his story, the one they presented on screen, I don't see how he's going to become the, a, a crime lord, the crime boss. I, I can't see how that's going to work. Um, with regards to, the, to Todd Phillips asking for demanding, rather, demanding access to more villain origin stories, I mean, who gives a fuck? Like, who do you, who, which villain do you want to see? Which villain origin story do you want to see on film? Which DC villain do you want to see? Is he doing a Lex Luthor uh, solo movie? Or is he going to do a fucking Killer Croc character piece that's going to win an Oscar? I don't even know. I don't care about it. I I am still on board. Like, I understand that, this, that the Joker has been well-received and is a good movie. But I'll stand by what I said originally. I never want to know who the Joker is or where he came from. It's never been something that maybe maybe when I was 12 years old, I was like, man, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he so fucking crazy? But I don't care. Like I, I like the Joker just being the Joker. I don't need to know where he came from. I don't need to feel sorry for him or empathize with him or anything. I love the fact that he's just a complete lunatic who does whatever he wants all the time, and I didn't need an explanation for it. So I feel like in, a, in some cases origin stories are are awesome and important like i think that's fine and for some villains but with the joker i just really appreciate that he is who he is i'm glad that the comics have never tried to give me some long detailed origin about the joker i don't know that i care and i don't know that i need to see it for I, i mean off the top of my head the the i don't know that any dc villain other than Darkseid, has any sort of interesting origin that I'd be interested in reading. Maybe Vandal Savage, I guess, but I don't know that I need to see that on a, on, on a film, but I would, I would watch the shit out of uh, something about Darkseid. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we'll see whatever happens with this, with, this, with this story. Didn't Todd Phillips, he went out and said that he has no plans to do a sequel, right? Yeah, I, I think that later, maybe it was the next day, somebody caught up with him and, and he kind of squashed it and said, no, we haven't agreed to anything. And he said something along the lines of, obviously, if you make a bunch of money on a, on a, on a film, then they'd want to have discussions with you about a sequel. But I think he said that there had been nothing set in stone. So I, I don't know. But yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy day. Um, it was pretty early in the morning. I think it was like eight o'clock in the morning when I saw the the sequel was official and then it was later on that day. It was like, put the brakes on and not so fast. My friend kind of said it was nuts. It is pretty ironic for Joaquin Phoenix to, 
turned down Doctor Strange because he didn't want to do a sequel. We're now he's probably gonna be forced to do one whether he likes it or not. Yeah, and and he just doesn't seem the kind of guy that wants to be tied down for I mean, think about when you're filming these superhero movies. Um, for instance, think about Tom Holland's life since he filmed Civil War, right? Like it was Civil War, straight to Spider-Man, straight to Infinity War and Endgame, straight to Far From Home. So, I mean, it was like four years of his life where all he did, three years of his life where all he did was just be Spider-Man. So you have to be really into it and you have to be willing to give up just that huge chunk of your life. And I just don't think that's what Joaquin Phoenix does. Yeah. He makes a movie every five years, right? It's not like he's... He's very picky. Yeah, he's not making tons of movies. He's not Mark Wahlberg. He's not The Rock. Yeah, but speaking of villains, I mean, the Batman production finally found their own Carmine Falcone. They fucking got the Jesus, John Turturro, to play the, the crime lord, which I certainly didn't expect. I, I'm accustomed to, to fuck, what's his name, who played Falcone in, the, in Nolan's Batman trilogy? Oh, yeah, I can't think of the guy's name, but yeah, that... I get what you're saying. That's the kind of guy you see as as Carmine Falcone, not John Turturro, who is oftentimes very plays very silly, goofy characters on screen. Like, uh, what's the Adam Sandler movie, Mister Deeds? He's sneaky, sneaky. That's that's John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's honestly how I I watched I I learned of him from Mister Deeds. Sneaky, sneaky. Very sneaky. <laughs> I think Ready? you underestimate my sneakiness. Oh my god! Oh, fuck! What's his name? He's the fucking. He's the bumper who has a foot fetish. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> always wants to touch his foot, and then he then uh, Deeds tells him to stab. Remember, he tells him to hit it with the thing, and he hits it. He tells him he won't feel it. He yeah. hits it with, and then he screams at him. And John Turturro's fate reaction is so good. Um, yeah, and then he's Jesus and the Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah, and he's a great actor. He's great. I love him. Yeah. I, I was it was I was shocked to see him in the role because I don't I didn't see him as um, filling out a, a serious role. And it was it's funny that that happened because literally that morning I got uh, a casting grid for Batman with the open roles in it. And that was still open as of that morning. And then later on that night, it filled. Well, with regards to his, you know, his acting chops, have you seen um the HBO show, The Night of with uh, Riz Ahmed. Oh no, I don't. I never did see it. John Turturro plays um, Riz Ahmed's lawyer in that show, and it's pretty. It's pretty magnetic. It's very mesmerizing. He, like I've never seen him just bust out some acting chops that are Oscar worthy. And, and even though we sort of see him as a as a fucking crazy kooky animated actor. It is exciting to know that he's gonna go against Batman now. I mean, I'm excited for people to see another side of John Turturro that they otherwise have never seen. Other DC stuff that just for some reason rang a bell in my head when we were talking. Um, the Justice Society of America is confirmed for Black Adam, right? Like the Rock came out and said so. Um, so last March, I had that Hawkman, Star Girl, and um, Adam Smasher scoop. And so now it seems like Dr. Fate is also going to be in. The, the, I have no idea what this movie is, but man, is it exciting as hell. So oh, oh. This... fucking Dwayne Johnson confirmed it himself. Yeah, said JSA in Black Adam. Yep. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, this is this is super nuts. Um, I did see yesterday I tweeted it out. Uh, 
that Mikey Sutton um, has has gone about the business of claiming that he broke the scoop and he was smart enough to say that he he broke the scoop in July, way before months before anybody else even knew about it. Despite the fact that on my calendar March comes before July, um, and then <laughs> and then Casey Walsh uh, also had a, a story that he wrote in June, which still is before July, uh, and that and really? so it's it's funny that you have timestamps on stuff that can prove when when people knew about stuff. But yeah, this this guy's got um he's got a a set of balls. He goes around claiming stuff that flat out isn't his and he has no problem lying about it so it's interesting though he has he has followers people believe him he's a he's a pretty interesting fellow in how he perceives stories and how and how he perceives himself in the in this world of scooping it's very it's sad in a way but at the same time it's it's a it's admittedly entertaining to see him just ramble on some bullshit yeah i think more power to him I, I heard that yeah. somebody told me the other day that he already knows the plot for Spider-Man 4, so that's really cool. Speaking of Stargirl, we, we were talking about this before the show. Yeah. Stargirl, CW, are you excited? Are you on your way to cancel your DC Universe subscription? What's yeah, up? Yeah, so, so the, what, what Charles is referencing is that earlier this week, it was announced that after Stargirl airs on DC Universe, it'll be on CW the next day. Um, and so as soon as I read that, I, I went on, I got on, I had to go on my computer, um, and I opened up my DC universe page on my computer, and then it connected me to my Google play account where I canceled my DC universe subscription immediately. Uh, I have no idea what's worth paying for there anymore. I know the comics are there, but like Charles and I talked earlier, I have a, I have a shitload of DC comics anyway. Um, when I, I was, I just went back through and read, um, I've been reading the John's Green Lantern series and using DC Universe. Um, but yeah, like the, 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 the series, the original content, all that is more why I wanted that. And now for them to just say, hey, we're just going to put it on, for, on TV for free. Okay, I'm happy. I will, then I will stop paying you to watch your shows. I don't have any interest watching the stuff on DC Universe, except maybe Doom Patrol. I've, I've heard about good stuff about that. But uh, the other stuff with um, with Titans, like, uh, if I can saw a clip of, of, of fucking Nightwing fighting Deathstroke in a, on YouTube, it looked as good as the worst fights on Daredevil. Like, Titans at its best, the fight scenes at least, look, look like Daredevil... The Daredevil Netflix shows at its worst. Worst. So, yeah. uh, there's literally no interest for me. Um, I'll just wait for the Black Adam film to see Star Girl with a budget. So there's that. So I'm out. Yeah, and and I, <clears throat> I guess I've been forcing myself to watch Titans. Um, and I know that's got a huge following and a lot of fans. Um, the guy that plays. Dick Grayson is just horrible. He's just a horrid actor. Um, I I don't know which of the actors are actually good. Um, the guy that plays Jason Todd, people are in love with. He's awful. Uh, the guy that they have playing Slade Wilson is, I, I mean, seriously, you could just put a turd in in a suit and have him play it the way that this guy does. It's just he has zero charisma. There's just nothing good. But I keep watching it. I don't know why. Um, Doom Patrol is awesome. I loved Swamp Thing. I was so pissed that that didn't even get a chance to happen. 
<clears throat> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. And to be, to be very honest, I don't know a whole lot about Stargirl to begin with. So I'm not like amped up to watch the series. I heard really good things about the Harley Quinn animated series that they put out. Um, people who have oh, well. had, who've had the screeners for that. Um, I think they actually got the whole season when they got the screeners for that. They've said really good things about it, said it was super enjoyable and maybe one of the better things that they've done on DC Universe. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I was fine with canceling my subscription. I didn't I didn't hesitate at all. And I don't I have zero regrets. Well, I, I have no regrets because I don't give a fuck. But I think <laughs> I think that's it for the show. Do you, do you have anything to add? I, I guess I did. I do want to say we've had our um, our fair share of breaking news on this falcon and the winter soldier series like we've had obviously if people been paying attention to to my site and our podcast and um our twitters like we've been broken more news on the falcon and the winter soldier so than anybody else has as far as i would know um yeah. and out, but outside of the fact that we got uh the, the information about the live studio audience for wanda and the wandavision show there's mm-hmm. nothing going on there they, like that is um sealed up super tight uh I, I don't even i don't i don't even know how you could find out information about wandavision they most of it is taking place right now on a on a stage so there's not going to be any set photos and i'm just i'm going to reiterate something i said before uh i have to believe that this show is going to be have some earth-shattering moments in it because marvel Studios security is clamped down on this pretty much how they were on infinity war and Endgame. they are they are making sure that nothing is getting out on this show so uh, i think i think that should indicate to us all that that's going to be a pretty serious moment in the in the the history of the mcu and the timeline um when it's all said and done yeah they also have the advantage of filming in a closed set as opposed to uh falcon winter soldier filming on a public football field where People can take snapshots and walking on the street and whatnot. Um, everything you said, we've been we've been sort of iterating about how important one division is going to be. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that's the case. With that, that should wrap it for us. Um, thank you guys for listening. We're excited to share that information about Lamar Hoskins uh, joining the MCU and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Unfortunately, we weren't able to to see the actor who portrayed him or get a name or anything, but. That may come soon over the over the next week or so, for all we know. So thanks for listening. Um, this is Charles Murphy. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Charles Murphy. And you can find me on Twitter at CFS Villanueva. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks again. Bye.